News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Go to shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com, and you can search through the network of dealers that Cunis has. Uh, that's how I found my truck with Cunis. You know the story. All right. Episode 142 of On the Mark is one of those where I wish I had three hours today. And today is one of those days where I wish I had three hours. We could bring on uh, guests. We could open the phone lines. And we could just talk NBA free agency, uh, NBA trades, re-signings. So much juicy uh, so many juicy storylines in the NBA to talk about. And on top of all of that, we have two of the biggest brands in college sports shifting the balance of power once again. Texas and Oklahoma did it earlier. The Big Ten responds with USC and UCLA. I have a ton of thoughts on that, a ton of uh, Pandora's box type of predictions of what the college football landscape would start looking like and why I think you're going to see more conference realignment and shifting here sooner rather than later. We'll get to all that. We'll talk KD. We'll talk Kyrie. Um, and a special shout out at the end of the show to a sport I rarely ever talk about. But when they make some good headlines like this, they deserve a shout-out on On The Mark. So thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning, broadcasting live here from our KHMO studio in Quincy. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so we jump in with free agency, and I want to uh, try to break down free agency uh, and uh, the signings, the trades, the re-signings in three different categories. Moves I love, moves I like, and moves I have questions about. Now, I'm not really sure yet how to feel about them. So let's start with the simple moves I love. Two moves I love. I don't need to spend a ton of time on them because I think they're self-explanatory. Number one overall is Nikola Jokic, uh, the Joker, the two-time back-to-back MVP. He signs a five-year, $264 million extension. It ties him to Denver for the next six years, $300-something million, largest contract in NBA history for the two-time MVP. He is He is in his prime. Uh, he's younger than you think, and uh, he will be in his prime now and tied. His prime years are now tied to the Denver Nuggets. I think it's great for the Nuggets. I think it's great for Jokic. I think it's great for the league. Um, he is a great player, and seeing his commitment to staying with a franchise and organization um, in a lot of ways similar to Giannis did, I think they are 
building something out in Denver, and now they know, free agents know, the rest of the league is on alert that, hey, Jokic is here. So for the next two to three years, come on, team up, let's let's build something special in Denver. So I like it in a myriad of ways for not only the Nuggets, but for Jokic. He deserves to get paid. He's one of the great big men in NBA history. Uh, there's no reason why he couldn't win another MVP. He's the type of guy, if he gets a title like Giannis did, can certainly change where we see him in the all-time ranks because he's got now all the individual awards you could ever ask for as an NBA player. Uh, happy for Jokic, happy for the Nuggets. Love that move for the NBA, for Jokic and the Nuggets. Another mo- move I love for the NBA, for the team and the player, is John Morant. He signs his extension uh, four years, $226 million. Ja now tied to Memphis for the next five years. So now Ja is, it gets his big payday. He gets his generational wealth and he gets to build with this young Memphis core, give Memphis not all of his prime, but he gets to give Memphis the beginning of his prime over the next couple of years. Say, hey, can we build something here? Can we make a contender, a real contender, and build something that's championship build worthy? And so Ja locks up generational money. Well, he's healthy. He's never been injured uh, severely in that way. And now it's uh, – I never want to hear John Morant complain about my money again. You know what I mean? When you, when you sign that first generational wealth contract, $230 million uh, guaranteed for John Morant, now it's about, hey – this next four to five years of Josh's career, can he rack up some individual awards? Can he lead the team to a conference finals, maybe an NBA finals? And can the team prove to him, hey, we can build a contender around you? Because Josh is the type of guy, if he stays healthy and his career arc keeps going the way he wills, he'll sign another big four-year massive 200 plus million dollar deal if all things work out. Whether it's in Memphis or not, that remains to be seen. And I would not fault John Moran in five years leaving Memphis. But this this is great for the league now because Memphis, small market, they have their superstar. He's committed to them. It creates some more balance. Now you have these markets like a Denver and a Memphis. The NBA is committed to them. Uh, the markets are trying to build winners. They're paying their players. And uh, I think it's overall all good for all parties involved. Um, another move that I love... Not as much as the first two, but I do love it, is Zion Williamson also signing his rookie extension. Five years, $231 million. I love it for the league, the market. I don't know if I love it for the player. Uh, Obviously, I love Zion getting paid and, again, securing his generational wealth. But Zion is the type of person who I do feel like would be better served in a bigger market. So I don't, it's not a home run absolute love for Zion. He was going to get generational month money anywhere. A lot like Jokic, a lot like Ja. But I do think they feel like they're, they're in their cities. They, they're smaller markets that embrace that kind of feel a little bit like Giannis. I don't feel the love between Zion and New Orleans. And this could lead to still a messy divorce in the coming years. But why I do love it for the league is, I love that the league is prioritized. Hey, if you draft a guy and they're a star, you can pay them more than anyone else. You get the rights to them. And to give these smaller franchises a chance, give them a chance to keep a star for longer. I mean, they did it with Anthony Davis. And by year two, Anthony Davis was like, all right, get me out of here. So 
New Orleans, the pressure is on them to keep Zion happy, to build a contender with Zion a part of it. And I think that it's a really interesting group they built down there. Obviously, um, Brandon Ingram, you get C.J. McCollum, Zion healthy next year. It's going to be really interesting to see where the New Orleans Pelicans, um, what they look like. It, it, it actually, with a healthy Zion, a healthy Brandon Ingram, and now a C.J. McCollum. So I still feel like I love it, mainly because, again, it proves, I think, what the league is doing is right, and I love what the league has done by empowering the teams that draft the players to say, hey, if you hit and you found a superstar, and I know you're in a smaller market, a, a, a New Orleans, a, a you know, not as much of a destination, a Memphis, a Denver we're going to give you the power to help retain the star. So I love it in that way. Happy uh, happy for them all around. And then there's two smaller moves that I really love. Um, mainly not necessarily for the NBA because they're small. They don't necessarily impact the NBA in that way. But I love them for the team and the player. Malcolm Brogdon, he gets traded from Indiana to uh, Boston. Malcolm Brogdon was such a great part of those uh, Bucks teams in the early couple years with uh, Giannis. Uh, he got paid and ended up in Indy. Good for him. But now it's like he was lost for two years and out of the, the national spotlight. He gets a chance to be back in the national spotlight with the Celtics. I, I think the Celtics move for Brogdon and Gallinari are exactly what you want to see if you're a Celtics fan. I said on the air a couple weeks ago, I thought the Celtics might need to be aggressive in trading a Jalen Brown or uh, making a move. The, by by finding a way to bring in Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari, with I, you now you don't have to trade anyone. I think the Celtics got better and got what they needed in Malcolm Brogdon without having to trade a major piece. I think I think it was a uh, terrific terrific move for the Celtics, a well run organization. Uh, the Celtics, t- to me, with this move proved that they are not going to be a one-hit wonder as far as a chance to play in the NBA Finals. The Celtics, they're going to be a wagon next year. They're going to be, I think, improved. And that is something to say for a team uh, that wins six games in the NBA Finals. So love that move for them. Another move I love on a small move is the Bulls signing Andre Drummond. And listen, it's not what you want. I mean, a lot. there was a lot of Mo Bamba talk. But what I like about this move is, this Bulls team felt like, hey, we could maybe be a real contender. Problem is we fell apart health-wise at the wrong time. So the Bulls are saying is we're not going to overspend entire ourselves to a contract for a Mo Bamba or someone else that now we have to manage and deal with. Well, they still got a ton of flexibility. The Bulls, I don't think, are done making moves. But now they say, hey, can a healthy Levine, a healthy DeMar DeRozan, a healthy Vucevic, a healthy Lonzo Ball – and you add the size you need, a guy to just take fouls for Milwaukee uh, and, 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 a, and a real legitimate backup center who maybe you can even start at center uh, and move Vooch to the power forward at times if you don't feel P. Will is, is good in that small ball lineup at certain times. I think it's a, it's a move I really love. I, I love it because, again, it's two years, $6.6 million, with a second year as a player option. So it's a, it's a really solid Band-Aid fix, and I, and I really love it. All right, let's move on as you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO to the moves I liked in free agency. I didn't love. And I'll start with Zach Levine. Listen, I Zach Levine, five years, $215 million, a max contract. What I like about it is 
I guess the better the reason I don't love it is because I don't love Zach Levine's health concerns, and I don't love Zach Levine's defense. But Zach Levine is loved in the league by other players. He's kind of seen as a more sane Kyrie Irving, or the same level that a Bradley Beal is seen, where. Players like Zach Levine. Players think highly of Zach Levine as a scorer and as a guy to play with. So having Zach Levine as a franchise corner piece is a good thing because I think it will always keep you involved with the mega deals because players will want to play with Zach Levine. Um, I also think, listen, the Bulls and Bulls basketball and the NBA is better when the Bulls are competitive. I, the Bulls were is stuck in rebuild mode for so long post uh, Derrick Rose that this gives again them some stability. Saying, "Hey, we're contenders. We want to contend. We want to be a top four seed in the Eastern Conference every year." Having Zach Levine on your team helps you accomplish those goals. So I, I like it. Now I don't love it because I don't love Zach Levine the player as far as the perfect superstar to build around. I like him a ton, but that's the way the NBA is. Now you have to pay sometimes even players you like, love money to secure him. I still think the Bulls have flexibility. They have money available. This is not, you know, you compare 215 for Zach Levine versus another deal that I'm going to talk about here uh, in a bit with 200 and, and, you know, 51 million for Bradley Beal. It's a, it's, that's a lot. That's a, you know, $40 million saved is a big difference. Uh, another move I like is John Wall. I don't love it because I don't know what John Wall's like as a player, but I think I know what John Wall's like as a player. And I like John Wall a lot moving to the Clippers and teaming up with Paul George and a healthy Kawhi Leonard. A completely healthy Paul George, John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, I think is really going to be fascinating to watch. Really interesting to watch, so I like that move. I like Nurkic re-signing with the Blazers. You know, they got Jeremy Grant. Now they have Nurkic, a really good front court, a skilled front court with Damian Lillard. They, they need another shooter, a wing guy who can defend. Uh, but I really like that move, re-signing him, and a very reasonable deal. I think Nurkic, four years, $70 million, totally affordable. Um I like the Booker move. I don't love the Booker move. And the same reason I like the Zach Levine move. Listen, Devin Booker, four-year, $224 million. So he's more expensive than Levine. I think he should be. Uh, but again, I don't love his defense. I, I haven't loved him in crunch time in big moments. In the playoffs, at least we could say with Zach Levine, we haven't seen Zach Levine fold in Eastern Conference Finals. We've seen Devin Booker kind of turtle shell in Western Conference Finals, and in big playoff series this year as well. So I like it. I don't love it. And I like DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks from the Spurs. I don't love it because I just don't know yet if I have seen Trey Young with another ball-dominant guard. Uh, but I do like it because the league is guard-centric right now. And those are two all-star caliber guards. And I think they'll figure it out and they'll make it work. Uh, so I like it. I don't necessarily know if I love it off the bat. Uh, we keep on moving on here at NBA Free Agency Talk. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-N. You can follow the show on Facebook, KHMO, uh, on the Mark, KHMO on Facebook. All right. Moves I question. Bradley Beal. I don't question it for the Wizards. 
Because I think the Wizards, a lot like any other team, they're like, you know, small market team. Like, I just got to pay my star, and I got to hope that I have a star, and you build around him. But I question it just because I, you know, Bradley Beal's made, this is the second max extension he signed with the Wizards. He's made the money. So this is now, I think I just questioned that Bradley Beal is sitting here saying, all right, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to make a ton of money in my career and be happy with it. I mean, let's be honest. The Wizards over the next five years, how many times do we think they make the playoffs in the East? Two? I don't think they're making it three of the next five years. I mean, the Eastern Conference, they missed the playoffs this year dramatically. Chicago, Toronto, Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami, the top six seeds, I don't think they're going anywhere over the next three years. I mean, Brooklyn's a mess, and they're probably going to rebuild. But Atlanta got better. Cleveland is better. Charlotte, I think, is improving. I think the Knicks have a better roster right now than the the Wizards. And the Magic and the Pistons are young and have a direction. They're not going to be bottom of the barrel for forever. I, I just so I just don't know. I, I mean, I just don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I like that they paid their star. They're committing to a star. I like that the star got paid, but overall, it just seems like okay, we're going to have another five year span where Bradley Beal is going to be constantly talked about. Good teams wanting Bradley Beal on their contract, but now they can't afford him at all. Uh, so it's questionable. Carl uh, Anthony Towns again. It's huge money. Four years, two hundred and twenty four million. But I think Carl Anthony Towns, I have to tie it with Rudy Gobert. It's an interesting move. I question the move because I just don't know if that is the right way to go. Rudy Gobert is no longer in his – he's now aging out of his prime. You get another two or three years of his prime. But, you know, long-term, it feels like a short-term try-to-win-now mode for a team – that was is building towards long-term success. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are electric together. They're very good. They're a good young core that made the playoffs. And now you throw in Rudy Gobert where it's like, all right, now we have to win now because Rudy Gobert's timetable is win now. And you gave up all the building blocks of the future to, to build around Towns and, and Anthony Edwards when you're going to need those picks to build around them properly young, inexpensive players. So, I I mean, it's fascinating. And I think the Timberwolves next year could be a top-four seed in the West. I think, they, I mean, it, for a year or two, this could be electric. And maybe that's what Minnesota's going for. They're, Listen, we've been so bad for so long, we'll, we'll just do anything to be a top-couple seed and, and make a Western Conference Finals. And maybe, and maybe that's the goal, and, and, and I'll eat crow, but... In four years from now, what, did the, what does Minnesota look like? I, I don't know. Anthony Edwards is a star. I think Carl Anthony Towns at that point in time will be, you know, at the end of his prime. It's interesting. I, I question. I don't know. I, I don't know. And then I have a separate category for the Knicks. Because... <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I mean, I love I love the Mitchell Robinson move. I think Mitchell Robinson is um, Robert Williams the third. You know what I mean? When they're healthy, they're a real difference maker. And they're, a, you know what I mean? You need a center in this league that can rim protect with all the guards you have to deal with and can also get out on the on the perimeter and play some perimeter defense. And Mitchell Robinson is, is a highly sought after in that way. And I think they got him for fairly inexpensive. Uh, what is it? Four years. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I thought I had it written down. 
But, you know, it's inexpensive. I, I know that. It's, it's, it's not anything crazy. But, Jalen, it's, you know, it's when you spend the money on Jalen Brunson, four years, $104 million. Now, that seems like pennies comparatively. But, you know, you have now this unique group of R.J. Barrett. You have a lot of players that are, like, at their peak B guys. You know what I mean? R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Jalen Brunson, and then, you know, the guy who you, you think is your star, but he had one good year and now he's, he's you know, maybe regressed a little bit in Julius Randle. You know, I, I it's, it's an interesting roster. I mean, it's a lot of guys who I feel like are going to fight hard, play hard, and you're still hoping that R.J. Barrett can maybe ascend to another level. So we'll see. The Knicks, we'll see. All right. That's a lot. But there was a lot of moves. I mean, there are a lot of moves. Overall, I say I think this was a great free agency period for the NBA. I think a team's got better, you know, and, and good teams made good moves. You know, Ja Jokic, the Celtics with Malcolm Butler, the Bulls, the, the Clippers, the uh, the Blazers, all, I think, made moves to improve the Hawks. And then, you know, some teams, like, I think Minnesota got better, but I just question what the direction is. And, and you know, and the, and then we'll see what happens with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We'll talk about that coming on up. Right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. ShopCunis.com. ShopCunis.com. Tell them Mark sent you. When we come back, we're talking college football. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. And the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. (sighs) All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. (sighs) Hey. (laughs) We're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Did you know that when you talk, read, or sing with your child, you're helping to shape their brain? Every parent has the power to create a strong start for our children from the day they are born. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. We are Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. They're located at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All you got to know is that's on 36th Street, south of Broadway, north of Maine, right across from the Casey's Pizza and the uh, Village Inn. The selection at the dealership is incredible. They have a completely full lot, a ton of new inventory, Hondas and Hyundais. If you're looking to get into something with better gas mileage, Stop in now. Your trade values on your use on your on your car that you're driving around right now are still extremely high. Cunis can get into something new, lesser payment. Shop Cunis.com, CunisQuincy.com, Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis on the Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so the next bulk of the show that we're gonna spend here, at least, you know, probably the next ten minutes on, is the landscape of college football continually now changing. So 
Uh, the biggest news to me besides NF, uh, NBA free agency this week is the fact that UCLA and USC have agreed to move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten by 2024. So this year and next year, they're guaranteed in the Pac-12. And then 2024 rolls around, and the Big Ten has expanded to the West Coast in Southern California. Beautiful, sunny Southern California. Doesn't feel very Big Ten, but what the Big Ten is telling you, just like in the way that Oklahoma didn't feel really SEC-ish, is that the the preconceived notions and the feelings we have about the Power Five conferences, they're officially dead. They're gone. There will be no more Power Five. I mean, the Power Five is over as we know it. They're still structurally there. But every single athletic director in college right now, college president, all these people are on the phone trying to figure out where they want to go and what move they need to make. Everything's up in the air. And because uh, this is all because of TV deals and the money that can be made with primetime games and bringing in those eyeballs. So this isn't going anywhere. There will be more changing landscape. And what the Big Ten and the SEC have basically done is said, hey, we've dominated the college football playoff since it became a thing. We want to keep dominating the college football playoff. We want to keep dominating the landscape and the money and the revenue that comes in. The Big Ten and the SEC know this. When they play a college football game, yes, Alabama and Georgia make a lot of money for their schools. But the networks also write a big fat check to the SEC. And the SEC then takes that money and in their contracts shares it to the other programs. To say, all right, here you go. Take a little of this. Try to build your programs. Same thing that happens if a Pac-12 school makes the, the playoff. You know, Oregon makes a lot of money, but then they sprinkle it to the other teams. And the Big Ten and the SEC are getting greedy. And they like that money that comes in for the TV deals. And they know the college football playoff will probably expand. And that means more money. And they want more of their teams getting more of that money. On that landscape. And when, and that's exactly what the SEC did when they poached Texas and Oklahoma. And Texas and Oklahoma were smart. And they said, we need more money. And the Big 12 ain't getting us into the college football playoff. It's not like it used to be. The landscape has changed. We're jumping ship. Now, what I have argued that if you could go back in time and realize that maybe make this move a little bit different, I think Oklahoma and Texas maybe would have been smarter to join the Big Ten than the SEC, but they went with the big boys and they joined the SEC. UCLA and USC do not fit the Big Ten style of football. They do not. It's going to be very weird watching UCLA at Michigan State in a snowstorm in late November. Very weird. But again, you have to think of this purely along the lines of these are teams that want to guarantee themselves better chances to make the playoff and earn that money. And the way they do that is by guaranteeing themselves better scheduling 
and bigger television games, the televised games, and the money that comes with that. Because Michigan State versus USC at USC in the Rose Bowl on a random October afternoon, well, yeah, that's a that's an event. That's a, you, you watch that game. That gets eyeballs. And Fox is going to pay a buttload of money to have that. So know that the conference realignment is not the happening just because, oh, well, I want to join the Big Ten. It's There's money. There's massive amounts of money behind this. So as it stands today, the Big Ten is 14 teams and the SEC is 14 teams. The SEC is adding two teams, Oklahoma and Texas, by 2026. And the Big Ten is adding two teams, USC and UCLA, by 2024. So both teams stand at 16 teams. Now, the rumors are swirling that the obviously alignment's not done, and I've told you it's not done. I can guarantee you, I don't need inside sources to guarantee you, that every college president, athletic director, and the major college football programs in the ACC, in the Pac-12, and in the Big 12 are calling to figure out what can they do? What moves can they make? And then all the smaller schools in the MAC and the Mountain West, they are waiting for slots to open to try to move into what will remain of the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC when they eventually, the bigger schools leave. Clemson's on the phone, I guarantee you. Notre Dame is on the phone, I guarantee you. They can't be independent for much longer. They just can't do it. Oregon's on the phone. Washington is on the phone. Stanford's on the phone. They don't want to let be left behind. They don't. Arizona, Arizona State, Oklahoma State. You don't think they're on the phone? They're trying to figure out where can they go, what can the landscape be. So I have seen some things that are really fascinating. I, I've seen things that that I, I don't necessarily disagree with, that the future college football is kind of a big power three conference. SEC, Big Ten, absorbing pieces of the ACC and some other people, and then the the remaining Big 12 and, and Pac-12 combined together. And you kind of have three power conferences, each with one of them with 16-plus teams, more around 20. And then the college football playoff is a guaranteed, you know, it's eight teams, three guaranteed winners from the power three schools, Maybe one other conference remaining, depending on the landscape, gets a guaranteed winner, and then you get four at-large bids from the remaining schools. Uh, something like that. I, I mean, this all open. It's all open for for uh, debate. One of the things that I found is really fascinating that I do want to talk about is on Twitter I saw from um, Adam McClintock, who runs a uh, analytics college football analytics Twitter uh, company and all this stuff. He proposed, I want to give him the credit, it was he, him, Sim proposed it, and this is what he says he's heard rumblings of, a Big 20 conference, so the Big 10 expanding from the 16 they have, so the 14 they have, plus USC, UCLA, 16 to four more teams. Those four teams, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Notre Dame, Notre Dame. So they say, he says, if they expand in that way, kind of what he's hearing or what he predicts, 
you could look for the future of the Big Ten to be the Big 20, and it'd have four divisions. The West, which is UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, Stanford. So basically just the five best teams over the last 20 years out of the Pac-12. And you distill them down to the West Conference of the Big Ten. And then you would have the Midwest Conference, which is you have two powerhouses, Iowa and Wisconsin, plus Nebraska, Minnesota, and Northwestern. Northwestern more of a recent powerhouse than even Minnesota and Nebraska. And then you'd have a Great Lakes division. You have Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, three big boys with Illinois and Indiana. And then you'd have an Eastern division with Penn State, Notre Dame, as your big boys with Purdue, Maryland, and Rutgers. Now, I would argue if if he went this way, I'd find a way to move um, Michigan State maybe and flip them with, you know, I don't love that the East feels like they're big boys. Every division has at least two big boys, right? USC and Oregon in the West. With then Stanford, kind of, and Washington and UCLA are good teams. Midwest has Iowa and Wisconsin. Those are your big boys. And then the three are, oh, okay, they're, they're good programs. Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska. But the Great Lakes Division, you have three really good programs. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and two dogs, Illinois and Indiana. So the Great Lakes is just a little tougher, I would argue. They have, they have three, well, I mean, Oregon, USC, Stanford. It's, t- I mean, it's, it's not, Terrible. The East seems a little weak. Rutgers, Maryland, Purdue all seem a little weak. Maybe I would flop Michigan State and Purdue. And again, Michigan State in the East. And then Purdue in the Great Lakes. So maybe something like that, Notre Dame. But I, 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 that's, that's plausible. That's what people are talking about. So I bring that up here on On the Mark this morning to give you an idea if that's what the possible landscape could be. And if... If the SEC grew in that way and they wanted to match to 20 teams, they have plenty of options to take from. And this is where my kind of uh, idea comes in, saying, listen, if the SEC is sitting there going, all right, now we want to get to 20 teams because we hear the Big Ten's getting to 20 teams. And the SEC says, if I was the SEC, I would look to go after Miami, UNC. Those feel like brands they could take on, right? UNC, big basketball brand, Jordan brand, uh, right there in the – very much a southern school. Miami, the U, Heritage, big brand, getting into Florida more so with Florida and already, you know, you have Florida uh, in the SEC. Uh, Baylor and West Virginia would be others I take. West Virginia feels SEC-like as opposed to Big Ten-like. West Virginia is a is a really solid brand. Uh, I feel like West Virginia, a lot like Kentucky, you know, they could surprise you in a couple years and uh, and pull some upsets. They can recruit. They have unique branding. They're kind of Oregon like with their uniforms. So I think they could fit in the SEC. And, the, and listen, like let's be honest, the SEC needs to add some teams that are a little bit like all right, there's some dogs. I mean, you got a bunch of big boys. So you could please some of the bigger teams and say, hey. We're going to add non-traditional football powers in UNC and West Virginia. And then I would, and, and Miami that is on the way back, but they're not a certified big boy yet. And then I would look to add Baylor. Go back to Texas. Keep recruiting Texas. Baylor has been good the past decade. Um, and they're, they're very competitive. And, and, and you'd say, all right, 
the SEC adds Baylor, West Virginia, Miami, UNC. They get to 20. This is my prediction. This is what I would do if I was these conferences. And if I was the Big Ten, I would go big game hunting for Notre Dame. And then I would add Oklahoma State, a very solid program, to help a little bit with the travel. Find a Midwestern school. So you had a, a, a Midwestern school powerhouse, Notre Dame. You get them on board. You get Oklahoma State, more middle of the country to help with the travel. I would add then another Big 12 school with the – listen, they should go after a Baylor. But I would look for maybe a Kansas State, a historical program. Again, help with the travel. And then in Oregon, I would go after Oregon. I would say, listen, if we get in USC and UCLA, we might as well go after Oregon. And then you can shift up a conference where, you know, you have, all right, maybe you do three, you know, you know, you can still maybe do your four conferences, but then you have USC, UCLA, Oregon, Kansas State, Oklahoma State as one. You know what I mean? You kind of build a new I, I just think you you look to maybe maybe you poach an Iowa State and you say, hey, we want to add. There's plenty of names available. I also think the Big Ten and the SEC should be on the phone with Clemson right now. I think if you say, hey, let's do this. Let's get you on board and let's get you out of that pathetic ACC. You're not going to get an automatic bid with the ACC and just winning the ACC. So this is what I'm talking about. I, I, it's It's wild. It's crazy. There are things that could happen at the drop of a hat that now you shouldn't be shocked about. The idea of the eight, these other power conferences, the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 need to make big moves right now if they want to stay players. And maybe the thing they do is they say, all right, let's let the Big 10 and the SEC get to their 20 teams, and then we find the remaining of what's left – we, we keep Clemson, we keep Oregon, we keep Oklahoma State, we keep maybe a, you fight and you keep a Baylor. Um, you know, can, maybe, maybe ACC can keep Miami with you. And then you say, all right, those are our big brands. And then we'll fill in with, you know, 15 other teams and let, let the SEC absorb some, some, Leftover, you know, if the SEC takes a, a Texas Tech, does that really hurt us? No. If the Big Ten steals a pit, does that really hurt us? No. And and you build from there. But this is coming. This is happening. And you're going to have I, 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 more realignment, more chaos. I like this move for USC and UCLA. It guarantees them some new recruiting. It guarantees them bigger national games. And the fan bases of the Big Ten will travel to Southern California to go to games at the Coliseum and play those teams. They will. They absolutely will. So it's, I think it's a win overall for those schools. When we come back, I got some quick stuff on Katie and Kyrie and another couple other quick hitter stuff. You were listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Shop Cunis.com. The Quincy Gems present America's pastime, baseball. The Quincy Gems are in Prospect League action tonight at you know, QU Stadium. There's that. baseball, great food, and beverages available. And it's the most economical entertainment you'll find. So bring your family and friends out tonight and enjoy the Gems in action. The Quincy Gems host the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes tonight at QU Stadium. Come out and enjoy a hot dog, a soda, a cold beer, and Quincy Gems baseball. Play ball. 
Olivia from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water. Um, When we come back really quick. Hunger is Um, a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Where, Feeding what America I think Kyrie and the Ad and Council. And I want to caution some of the teas that have been rumored. Shriners Hospitals for Children has been creating wonderful opportunities for children in need. This life-changing medical care helps them do the things they've always dreamed of. Shriners Hospitals for Children has done so much for me and so many other kids. I can dance. I can play games with my friends. (laughs) Because of Shriners Hospitals for Children, I have no limits. And I'm doing more than what I ever thought possible. To find out more about how children in need are being helped every day, go to loveshriners.org today. Not only Veterans where... face treacherous situations filled with peril while serving our country. Where Katie and Many veterans go, come home physically injured, suffering from PTSD, have traumatic brain injuries or other there's, ailments. There's certain teams I just at don't an think unprecedented time in history, our most vulnerable veterans are isolated at hospitals and their homes. This isn't Imagine five having years to shelter in place forever. After leaving the Over the past year, Healthfield Veterans has sent nearly a half million therapy kits yeah, to isolated player. veterans and active military. But Help Heal Veterans I'm more with the support of citizens like you I'm like, creates, manufactures, and distributes therapeutic the art and craft years. projects for when our not. veterans and military, There's some teams I making just don't things think better together. That's their window. Join us in supporting an isolated or sick veteran and help them through this desperate time. To learn more, visit HealVets.org. This message is furnished by Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization that has been helping veterans for 50 years. HealVets.org. In World War I, American fighter pilots covering a plane's rear position coined the phrase, I've got your six, to mean I've got your back. Through their service, veterans have our backs. Now we should have theirs. Learn more at gotyoursix.org using the number six. Here's your weatherology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Cloudy today with a chance for isolated thunderstorms. Daytime highs approaching 84. East winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance for scattered thunderstorms again tonight, 67. 89 tomorrow, chance for scattered storms. Right now, 77. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the uh, tri-state area. Over 3,000 new news vehicles to choose from. you got to ask about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. It's the no fear Powertrain warranty shop, cunis.com. All right, uh, quickly, KD and Kyrie. I'll just say this. Buyer beware, beware, right? 
the you know, Katie has said, I want to go to Miami. Katie said, I want to go to Phoenix. I, I just think there are certain teams right now, you look at it and you say, yeah, would adding KD be great? If he was a free agent, sure. And you could just add him to your team. But when you got to trade for KD and Kyrie, you're going to have to give stuff up. And in the NBA, it's not like the NFL, where you can just give up picks to get Russell Wilson. You've got to give back some salary. You've got to make the deals money-wise work. It makes it very difficult. So beware. Don't necessarily gut yourself. I, I worry if I'm Miami gutting myself for KD. And it's actually funny. Miami says KD, but I actually think Kyrie would fit better in Miami. Jimmy Butler needs someone who could just get a bucket, can ball handle a little bit more with the shooting. So if they can if they can find a way to make the money work to get Kyrie and give a bunch of picks and some other guys, you know, maybe you have to give a Tyler Hero picks and some other guys money-wise to just make it work, but you keep a Duncan Robinson or something like that. I don't hate that move. But if I'm KD, I'm dead, I'm dead serious. I I think the best move for him would be to maybe look at going to a young team where they can just be around him. Young guys, athletic guys who want to win. I mean, you look at you you look at like a, a roster like Oklahoma City's building, and you say that feels like KD could win there, like Detroit with Jay Nivey and Cade Cunningham, young guys who could just run the floor with, and he could score a bunch of points. I, I know it seems silly, but I feel like that's what you need to do. And and Brooklyn's going to want to rebuild and want picks. They they're not. I think Brooklyn's out on the superstar thing right now. So very interesting. We'll keep our eye on it. When something happens, we'll, we'll, I'll obviously have thoughts on to cover it. Um, I think Kyrie to the Lakers would be fun and fascinating. And, and wherever Katie goes, they're going to be a title contender. But for how long? And can he stay healthy? Very interesting. Also, I'll quickly note, if the Lakers can get Kemba Walker for cheap, I think they should look into doing it. I think Kemba's got some stuff left in the tank. The Lakers could use I got the Lonnie Walker uh, signing was, I think, really smart for them. But they just need more players like that. Guys who could just get some buckets and be, and be productive and take minutes away from Russell Westbrook. Find a way to take minutes away. All right. Last break really quick when we come back. Two quick hitter topics to wrap up the show. It's on the mark at News Talk 1070 KHMO. The 4th of July sale can be frightening, especially for a child. Here at Encourage Kids, we provide the resources and the funding to bring much-needed reassurance, smiles, and yes, hope to hospitalized kids and their families. I'm Michelle Hall Duncan, President and CEO of Encourage Kids, and I encourage you to learn about our positive and life-altering programs, how we ease the anxiety around hospitalization for every one of our pediatric patients. Join our efforts. Visit encourage-kids.org. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Check out their dealership website, shopcunis.com. That's where you can find everything they have in their inventory. Shopcunis.com is a great place to check on out. You can search by price, search by location, and remember, if you find something that's not at the dealership that's closest to you, don't worry. They'll get it to you. That's what happened with me and my buying experience. ShopCunis.com. 
All right. Really quickly, I wanted to say Miles Bridges, that story is quite disturbing. Uh, his wife posted photos and went um, public with the domestic violence that she says she and her children have been dealing with with Miles Bridges. Um, wounds on her face, broken uh, bones in her face, on her neck. Uh, I think it was uh, Miles Bridges' wife's mother who posted on, on social media as well. Disturbing video of, of uh, the, one of their children FaceTiming with grandma, saying that daddy was choking mom and daddy threw mom's phone out the window. And and when you hear testimony like that from a child, and it's um, the child basically you know, talking about it nonchalantly, like it happens a lot, quite disturbing stuff. I mean, Miles Bridges... I, I'm not even talking about his career. It's just one of those things like, all right, we need to figure out, you know, prosecute to the full extent of the law. Go to the trial. He's under arrest right now. And scumbag behavior. And uh, if, if if what he did is true, he needs to spend his time in jail. And one of those things where the NBA, even if he gets out, it, you know, and he's still got legs on him to be, you can't, can't have it. Cannot have people like that in your league. Um, and finally, good news, Team USA men's soccer made the Olympics. Well, well done. The 2024 Olympics, first Olympics that USA men's soccer's made since 08. I did not know this, but the men's teams in Olympics have to be 23 and under. No wonder we don't make it. If we have good players, all of them are usually always, you know, they develop later in their careers. And it just goes to show you our 23 and under, our youth development of soccer, men's soccer talent in this country is not good enough. Now, it's encouraging that it's getting better. Hey, we made the World Cup, made the Olympics the same kind of group. That's exciting. But again, you need to be developing at a much younger age if, to make the Olympics got to be 23 and under with three exceptions. So each team gets three exceptions. So that's where you'll get your politics, uh, you know, and, and all that. Uh, thank you so much for tuning on in this morning. I should, I always remember I need to turn my mic off during the breaks. Um, a lot of free agency talk, a lot of college football talk. We'll keep our eyes on both those stories. Uh, NFL training camps getting underway here soon, very soon. And if KD gets moved, uh, check on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespin. We'll talk about all that. Thank you so much. Thanks to Cunis Honda Hyundai as well for sponsoring the show. Have a happy 4th of July weekend. Want to kill bugs like the